Hey guys, oldest brother Daniel here. Thanks for listening to Mormon Rays, the podcast where we get to talk about growing up in a big weird Mormon family. We are just about ready to launch the season one pilot in just five days, but before we do, we want to give you a little bonus sneak peek. This is actually the first episode that we recorded. Andrew and James didn't have mics yet, apologize, so we're not going to include it in the full season, but the stories are just too good not to share. You won't believe what Andrew did on his mission. In fact, if you were one of his missionary companions, you might just want to skip this one. Uh, Keep listening to find out, and subscribe to make sure you get the first real episode when it hits your favorite podcast app. So here's the show. Hi, I'm Daniel. I'm the oldest. I'm James, and I'm the coolest. Hi, I'm Andrew, and I'm the gayest. We're We're brothers. brothers. And this is Mormon Raised. A siblings podcast. This episode is called Shower Thoughts. What I thought we could do uh, is each tell a mission story. Since you wanted to tell mission stories, James. I'm going to tell a story about a time when I misread the social cues. And it plays story you're telling. But go on. That's a good one. It's a fun story to tell, and then it also ties into aspects of our personalities. The fact that James has a dog, the fact that Andrew doesn't like animals. I've told people I'm dating or that I've gone on dates with that I like dogs just because I don't want to hurt their feelings and I want a second date. You have lied about liking dogs, of course. I can fake liking a dog to sleep over that's fine (laughs) i have andrew on video saying that sometimes this is after he watched he went to a a 54 below show that was about this is a good story it was about dogs and it was wait wait let me tell it okay 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 so um it was a show at 54 below you know how i feel about 54 below and the show was in support of um a animal rescue and so what they did is they had broadway stars that love animals and love their pets um come and like sing about their pet and get people emotional so they donate money for the cost correct it was definitely a fundraiser okay but real talk andrew how do you really feel about dogs well i don't like dogs okay so continue with your story okay um Anyway, so then afterwards, I had this amazing time. Um, it was my birthday. I drank a little bit. It was, um, and then I FaceTimed James. And now, James, you can take this story. Okay. So the key quote here, he's talking about how much he loved the singers. And, and the show. It was a great show. A great show. And so then he cued the money line. In the moment, I just fucking needed a dog. <laughs> And because he was talking about pets, we had known to record the conversation. So we have this on loop. Now, the problem was I wanted to share it with the family, but he said he fucking needed a dog and I wasn't going to send that to mom and dad. So I had to go on my computer and edit the clip to where I censored him without anybody realizing it. (laughs) Amazing. 
But then the prob- real problem was that I was obviously drunk. I still couldn't send it. <laughs> so, yeah, we still didn't send it to the family chat. And I don't even think you've sent it to anyone. Um, it's just like a little secret that we have. Yeah. One, that you, at the time, needed a dog, much to your uh, against your personal protestations. And two, that... You said the word fucking. Okay, let me go to my mission pictures. I've been trying to repress these memories for the last five years. We should explain what a mission is, just real briefly. So I also think it would be kind of cute to like splice in a little sample from Book of Mormon, like two by two, we're going door to door. Yeah, definitely. Because that. Why don't I just sing it for you? Okay, go. Two by two, we're going door to door. Because God loves Mormons. And he wants some more. Was that good or what? That was great. And for those of you who don't speak musical, the straight people listening, (laughs) a mission is where 19-year-old Mormons go, and they go two by two to knock on doors to accost people in grocery stores, subways, and bus stations, and try and convince them that Mormonism is the one true religion. (laughs) Are you already trying to make your mission sound cooler than it was? No, Los Angeles was very cool. There were more people speaking more languages where I served my mission than where you served yours. Fair enough. (laughs) I probably had to eat stranger things as well. (laughs) We know that's a lie, but that's fine. All right, what was the strangest thing you ate on your mission? Um, okay, so I had chicken feet. I had iguana. Okay, and wait, wait, hold on. Where did you serve? Oh, Brazil Teresina. That's in the middle of nowhere. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I ate a lot of different things. But, um, yeah. All right, J- James, where did you serve? Yeah, I and served what was in the uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina. And the North Mission, because Buenos Aires is also the province. And so I was actually in the city, so probably uh, one of the more metropolitan missions out there. So I probably had the best food, frankly. Though I did have some weird stuff. You know, you got the cow tongue, cow stomach, uh, pig hoof, pig skin with hair on it. That was the worst thing. I, like, why would they leave the hair on it? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Wait, can I go back and reintroduce my country of mission uh, yes well, i'm just saying that i didn't i didn't okay I wasn't we're, ready. i'm leaving take one in but go ahead and do take two anyway no we're okay this is better <clears throat> i served in brazil teresina which is um in the middle of nowhere and it is very very hot that was way better introduction thank you you can leave all that in and delete the first one we'll see what we'll see what happens i want these to be uh not hour-long episodes this isn't mormon stories here (laughs) three hour episode mormon stories now longer than church (laughs) (laughs) that was a really good joke i hope that makes the final cut we love you john delenn i don't know if how it was for you guys but we had so many mormons in california And they all wanted to feed the missionaries. I mean, they were begging to feed us. And they would sign up on these calendars. People would sign up like six months in advance to 
you know, have a dinner appointment with us. And there was this family in Glendale that had us over for dinner. They were so excited. But it was this homemade, I guess you would call it pasta, like spaghetti. But she had cooked the spaghetti with like whole branches of rosemary, like like an entire rosemary bush. And it was this giant plate of it. So it looked like a Christmas tree. And then it was homemade blood sausage and uh, whole peeled tomatoes on top. So literally it looked like a Christmas tree with like red circle ornaments on it and then like a giant turd and it was so disgusting it was just so strong it was so perfumey it oh it was it was gross but you have to eat it because like when you're a missionary you have to eat what you're served and you're starved like at least for me i was always hungry yeah we had different missions All right, James, how, how were the missionaries fed in Argentina? So it was the same thing where um, they would have a sign up for lunches. And we were also had several regulars. And you always, there were some regulars you liked, some you didn't. But, you know, it was always nice that there were regulars. But every once in a while, there were times when, you know, the regulars couldn't do it and nobody else signed up. And I was fine with that. It's like, look, we are missionaries. We're not like... I know we're supposed to like live off the land of the member's generosity, but I was like, sometimes I just wanted to be independent and get my own lunch. Like we are fine. We can get empanadas and be okay that day. But for whatever reason, it was like this huge prerogative that the members feed us. It's, it's such a strange thing to, to be 19 years old and it's almost like these, you know, for, for us, it was like these Mormon moms and, uh, you know, and they're the, the moms and dads too, the fathers as well, but they, they had sent their own kids on missions or they had little kids who would one day go on missions. And so it was, it was like, they, they wanted to take care of us, but it, it was so infantilizing, like it almost condescending. It's, it, it's a very strange setup to be fed by the other people once in a while would have been fine but for me the biggest the biggest thing was that it was this like i the the way i got it and of course you know they were doing it for the example and for their because they felt bad for us but a lot of them too were doing it for the blessings because that's the thing they would always say when we'd be like oh thank you so much for this meal and they'd be like no thank you by providing this meal you are like giving us this mystic blessing, like put a blessing on the house. So I really felt like it was like this belief that by feeding us, they were protecting their home and like giving themselves like this God, godly blessing, you know, up on their home. So what, what really bothers me about this idea that Mormons get blessings when they feed the missionaries is that for them, it's a huge sacrifice and this is like charity, but I am a person of privilege. I don't need charity. Like they should be feeding people who are actually hungry, but missionaries get an allowance from the church. We come from, you know, in, in our case, we are white, upper middle-class suburban, you know, men from the United States going into countries that are less well-off. Like it is, it's offensive that we're the object of service for these people 
um, that they're getting blessings by feeding us. And of course, oh, of course, I'll say too, I will say, hashtag not all missionaries, of course, there are definitely some poor missionaries. There are. But we do get an allowance and the allowance is plenty, especially with them feeding us all the time. Fun fact, because I wanted apostolic missionary blessings, I saved, um, I was very, very uh, budget friendly and frugal and thought I was going to be doing the mission, this huge service. So I saved by the end of my mission, a thousand dollars that I turned in, which is like 4,000 pesos at the time, which I turned into the mission president at the end of my mission. Like, here's my surplus money to be used for other missionary, whatever. As if the church, as if the church isn't a billion dollar and billions of dollars. Yeah. Like try like probably almost a hundred billion. Um, one thing that I was going to say is some of I, especially like in Brazil, it's not like I served in like these huge cities. They were small cities, um, sometimes just like towns. And um, some of the families would per, would cook us these enormous uh, meals. Um, delicious. I can remember one like um, that would it was like three main courses and, um, and of course rice and beans and the beans were really like um, amazing and so like you have all these things um, that of course is um, it, one costs a lot of money and time the time that it took to, to prepare all of the food that um, they were giving us was huge and I agree it it it's not like I I needed it. Um, being from where we come from so usa the usa <laughs> usa of america north shore suburban chicago yeah is that that specific yeah that's what i was look- like it they were obviously in a way more like i should have been helping them they shouldn't have been helping me i felt like yes well i hope that they were blessed for their sacrifice being a missionary in Los Angeles, it's it's exactly what you think it is. It's riding around on your bicycle and knocking on doors, uh, trying to preach the gospel door to door. I was good at it. I loved it. But sometimes it was exhausting getting rejected from door to door to door. And so sometimes we would have, especially in the afternoon, we would get a little burned out of tracting. And we would need to just do something that was a little bit easier, which was visiting less active members. We would go to people who were on our membership roles, you know, because we, you know, once you're a, once you're a Mormon, you are a part of their database and the missionaries, they have your address, your phone number, they know how to contact you. And they, you know, so we had a, we had a whole list of people who were, members of the church on our rolls, but they didn't come on Sunday. And sometimes nobody had seen them in a really long time. And we would go to visit these people because it was easier and uh, less uh, rejection than, than tracting. We weren't supposed to do it too much, but it was, it was a respectable way to spend your time trying to get people to come back to church. Well, and also... The real motive, you were supposed to at least go to them to try and get them back to church so that they could get their friends back to church. Right. Yes. That was, if you're doing it right, it's all a pyramid, right? 
there was this one afternoon in particular when uh I was in uh which oh oh this was when I was in Temple City uh visiting less active people that we didn't know so we were just kind of going down the list and we got to this guy um we just got to his house um he invited us right in uh we we come in the house and he has these two dogs giant dogs i mean like bigger than me each one so um the dogs are like crazy when we knock on the door you can hear them in in the other room and he can't even open the door until he's kind of brought them into the kitchen but he tells us okay wait wait right here and he goes into the kitchen to get something so he comes back out with these two giant uh ropes of beef jerky and you should know i hate beef jerky like it's the most disgusting disgusting yeah i hate it as well people at work love it i i I hate it it's so disgusting it's just so but when you're a missionary you eat what you're given like that's what you're supposed to do because you know now in my case it wasn't like he was like sacrificing his the last bit of food he had in his house so that he could get blessings but it's the same principle you eat what you're given it would be rude not to so he hands us and literally it's like a slim gym, but literally the size of a jump rope. And he brings out two, one for me and one for my companion. And I just look at my companion like, are we really supposed to eat this? I, you know, we're, we're not saying anything out loud. The, the man uh, goes back into the kitchen and because uh, he, he asked us if we wanted something to drink. And I was like, yes, please. Some water would be great. So he goes back into the kitchen to get us water. And I'm just looking at my companion, like, are we supposed to eat this? And how are we going to do this? And my companion just thinks it's hysterical because he knows how I feel about beef jerky. Um, He was a a fun companion, but he was from Idaho. He had been like a mountain guide. So he was, he was in his element. He eats beef jerky and he, but he knows that I'm, you know, he used to make fun of me for being a city slicker. So anyway, I just decide if I'm going to have to eat this, I'm going to have to just do it. So I take the biggest bite because I'm like, I'm just going to try to get this over as fast as possible. Swallow without chewing. Like I will, I'll, I'll figure that out later. I'm just going to do it. So I take this huge bite and right as I'm like chewing this, he comes back out with the water and with the dogs these like horse dogs that come uh, running out from the kitchen. And he looks at me and he looks at the bite that I've just chomped out of this Slim Jim. Then he looks at the dogs. Then he looks back at me Then he looks at the dogs back at me. And he goes, Oh, did you want one too? And all of a sudden I realized this is not a Slim Jim. This is dog food. This was so that I could feed it to the dogs so that they would stop barking at me and treating me like I'm spawn of Satan. It was, oh, it was the most embarrassing. I was so, and my companion just starts laughing. It's, this is so funny. He hadn't eaten his yet, so it's me that looks bad. So we we feed them to the dogs, 
And meanwhile, like my mouth is just filled with the most like beef, intense, jerky, like my mouth tastes like dog food, (laughs) even with the water. It was so gross. We shared like a very brief message about like, we'd love for you to come back to church. And then we booked it out of there uh, and into the nearest Wendy's. You say we, but I have a feeling oh, this is just I was you. So, I was so embarrassed. <laughs> I was beet red. And uh, so, yeah, that's the story of how I ate dog food when I was a missionary in Los Angeles. Yeah, I think we've all had moments where we've like definitely embarrassed ourselves on our mission. I um, don't have any stories where I misread social cues because I'm very um, perfect in every way. So there's that. That's probably why all your companions were super jealous of you. Um, it's true. They probably all um, wanted to be me, and that's why they mistreated me and um, didn't like me. You're right. I can't imagine anybody not liking you, Andrew. Oh, thanks. You're right. I can't either, but for some reason, I feel like most of the companions, pretty much everyone on my mission that was like a missionary didn't like me. I can count on like one hands, the people I think actually did. So it's a, it was a rough, a rough go of two years, but, um, Oh, and the mission president was the worst one. I feel like he hated me so much, but okay. Why, why did he hate you? Oh my God. I thought we were supposed to keep this upbeat for the first one. (laughs) (laughs) Take us down and then we'll, we'll redeem it. We'll bring it back. Okay. Okay. So, oh, first things first, I um, had to put on my mission papers that I was gay so that he knew I was gay. And so when I get there, I had all this pressure of, trying to like explain that I was gay and also be like, but if you could take it away, that'd be really great. Um, Also use your magic priesthood missionary power to take away the gay. Please. That's what I wanted. But also I didn't call it gay. Maybe Andrew, if, if we had fed the missionaries more often when we were younger, we would have been blessed with straightness. Maybe. That wasn't your funniest joke, but yeah. <laughs> um, the the point of the story is that um, also I didn't call it being gay. I called it I was straight. I just had to deal with same sex attraction. That's that's what we called it. Um, it was not that um, I was gay; that it was permanent. But I was just dealing with this at this time was same sex attraction. And so I go there and I'm expecting him to be like this huge, like powerful spiritual man. And so I like bring it up. Do you have any questions on my papers? And maybe the fact that like men, but he um, said, there's no place for that. Um, We don't need to discuss that at all. It's in the past. It's in the past. And so I was like, Oh, that's short. Yeah. I just feel like he just didn't even he didn't like me. And he also didn't even know me. Like I have a very strong personality sometimes. And I feel like he didn't even like realize any of that. Anyway, um, now it's time to bring it up. Well, and just, so just so like everybody knows too, like the way the mission works is you are with your companion for 24 seven, every waking minute, every sleeping minute, every 
hour of every day you are with your companion um, and there's no escape. Like even some missions have like a rule where you're not allowed to shower with the door closed so that you like aren't. Stop it. Is that real? Yeah. (laughs) Did you do that? No, thankfully. But some people told me about that afterwards that that, uh, but thankfully it wasn't really an issue because we had cold water half the time in my missions, I felt like. So we had, we had a, a mission pad where there was, um, the culture there was that you were supposed to leave the door open. A pad, that's what we used to call like the, the apartments where the missionaries lived. It was the... We didn't, uh, by the way. That's your mission only. Yeah. Oh, is, is that an LA thing? Could be an we English them, thing. Uh, yeah, it was probably an English thing. The mission pad. Anyway, we had a particular apartment where, um, yes, the door to the bathroom stayed open. I bet you loved that. Um, I won't tell you which missionary... <laughs> did make anyway can we make can it we talk work about can we um can we talk about the tree of life sure i have one other one that i want to say about showers though um so this is a really good story actually and this is really funny so um also i'm sorry for any missionary companion that ha- that ever listens to this Okay, so um, on the mission, um, we had cold showers too, but they were, it was so hot outside, you wanted the cold shower and you stayed as long as you could under these cold showers. Like I I was totally good with it because it was that hot outside. Um, So I had very long showers sometimes and I definitely played with myself a couple of times, but there was the one that's really good story. And this is going to like blow up probably because it's such a good story um, is that the, you know, um, in Brazil, most of the time, the um, uh, bathrooms like all tile and then you just like squeegee after you're done with the shower into the drain um so there's always like this really big like broom like squeegee in the shower and um so yeah so yeah we had those too like it's like a a broom size like a broomstick attached to a squeegee yeah right and that's what you use to like get the water um into the drain and so um there um was one or two times where um I was just, you know, I needing a little love, and so I would just like stick up that on um up my bum hole, and it was it felt really good, and it like really got me going. <laughs> and I would wash it afterwards, like I would wash it to so that like my my. You have to give this an explicit rating now. <laughs> well we don't have to use it if you don't want to but i did make sure i washed it afterwards so that my commission companion would come back and and he would use it and it would be fine i was trying to be sanitary (laughs) wow okay well it's it's hard to recover from that but i want to keep i want to continue on the shower theme we have to talk about the showers at the MTC. Did you ever talk about the showers with dad? Never. Uh, okay. No. All right. Well, when dad found out that I struggled with same gender attractions, one of the very first reactions that he had was, 
you know, what are you going to do when you become an adult and have to deal with this? And he was like, how are you going to go through the showers at the MTC? He was like very concerned about the showers at the MTC. And so we we had a name for the showers. It was the Tree of Life. You guys know about the Tree of Life? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. It's called the Tree of Life because it is literally a pole with six shower heads that go around it. So like a tree. And it's the Tree of Life because there is no modesty or, or you know, you're just around a pole and you have to share. Kind of like those showers at like a, like a beach or something where you're just supposed to get the sand off of you. Yeah. Or, or in, an, in an old fashioned locker room. I mean, I think or they were prison, just, you know, <laughs> or prison. Yes. Like prison showers. And they had, you know, there were all these stories. I remember, you know, all my friends who went to the mission a little bit before me, because I was a little bit younger than most of my friends. They all wrote in their letters about what a, um, you know, what a thing the tree of life showers were. It was like a rite of passage to have to endure this. Well, but you I were excited. No, well, kind of. So I was <laughs> terrified and also excited about the tree of life. And that was the problem. What if he gets it was excited. like this? It, <laughs> <laughs> it was like this thing that I wasn't supposed like this thing I was supposed to be terrified of. Like my, you know, my dad jumped right there. How are you going to have same sex attractions and shower in front of other men on the mission? So I was, you know, terrified going into the mission and I prayed specifically, I prayed to God to help me deal with this experience. I was like, if you have to make me temporarily blind, like whatever you do, take it oh away God. from me, like whatever you have to do. Like I, I was just desperate in my prayers. So I get to the MTC and uh, the very first day I go to take my suitcase to my room and to check in and, and meet my companion. And I go to, to, to try to use the bathroom and they're under construction. And uh, there's some guy who's like, don't worry, they'll be open by, you know, by tomorrow morning. And uh, in the meantime, you can go to this other space. And I was like, okay, what are they doing? Turns out they had been remodeling the showers specifically in the building where I was assigned. All of the other buildings in the MTC still had the Tree of Life. My building was the first one where they did the construction. And so there was no Tree of Life. They had installed these like partitions, like um, like bathroom stall partitions. Yeah. I thought that this was God remodeling this building for me, like in answer to my prayer. I wonder if they knew you were gay before you came. And so then they were like, oh, this guy's gay. Let's put him in the one that's already being constructed. And Andrew, you just solved most miracles in church. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'm brilliant. They know God, more than they know. It was God answering my prayer. It was God. But even if they didn't, you know, they put those things in eventually in every shower. So for all the gay they did. When I went, it was everywhere. And all of the all of the gay missionaries before me had to deal with that moment. But I knew God knew that I wasn't deal strong or enough. Enjoy. God knew I wasn't strong enough. Yeah. And then you found your car keys too. <laughs> well, the worst part was that I was kind of disappointed 
like secretly, like I didn't want to admit it, but I was like kind of disappointed. And that was when I was like, oh, I still have a lot of work to do before you become there's a lot of work to be done before God takes away these same sex attractions. <clears throat> yeah, I'm still working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Remind me never <laughs> use any brooms at your house. <laughs> Yeah, next time you come to visit, I'm hiding all the squeegees. <laughs> well, now that I have a properly, like, proper way to let out my sexual frustrations, I don't have to use the broom. I've graduated, so you don't have to worry. <laughs> TMI. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe I, all these memories are flooding back. It's too much. It's too much. All right. So let's let's now do an ending. Like, let's give it let's give it a good... What's the moral of the story? Don't serve a mission, please. It's not worth it. You know, for me, it's just that it's amazing what people will do to get blessings. As a missionary, I went on a mission to get blessings. I saved money and starved myself to get blessings. And the members would save, the, would save up to feed us to get blessings Everybody just wants to be blessed, you know? Hashtag blessed. I wanted Hashtag. so badly to be blessed with heterosexuality. I did so much to get that blessing. Thank God did it didn't it. work, right? I know. Can you imagine? I think God blessed me by making me gay. I like know. Gay. I feel so much blessed because I'm 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 gay and I'm like very gay, you know, and I'm just so grateful. Okay, did the mission make you gayer? A good question, actually. Um, <clears throat> one, I th <sighs> this is <laughs> this is a really difficult question. I will say the mission made me realize I was gayer, in the sense that in high school you have so I had so many things going on, um, and I would I feel like I just like didn't care about um, like my sexuality, like. Um, I didn't really like focus on it because I, I really did have a lot going on. And then my freshman year um, at BYU, I feel like I, I like, um, there was definitely a guy I was like attracted to or whatever, but really I just like had a bunch of friends and we all knew that we were going on missions. So we didn't, um, it wasn't like we were looking for girlfriends or anything like that. So like, I was like happy with that, just chilling with my bros, you know? And then, um, on my mission, that's when I realized like, Oh, Oh my goodness. Um, I like need, you know, men in my life. And, um, I just, you know, this, this whole church thing isn't for me. You had your, your broomstick moment. <laughs> well, it wasn't even that. It was more of like, I got tired of trying to like manipulate people to believe something. And then I realized like I was manipulating people to believe something that like I didn't really believe in. And so that's when I realized, hey, the church is wrong. And then came the broomstick. All right, James, same question. Did the mission make you gayer? I thought you were going to ask me, did the mission make me straighter? In which case, I was going to answer, it made me more toxically straighter because the mission, there's this common myth, you know, back to blessings, what you would do for a blessing. And that is 
the uh, the the more you serve, the better a mission you serve, the hotter your wife will be. Oh yeah, that's real. That's like what everybody yes. talked about. And so I became very toxically masculinity straight man. When I came home, I was gonna get a better girlfriend and a better like a hot like I was gonna be blessed with all the hot straight women in the world because you know I was a pretty good missionary, you know. And you know, it actually I that's part of the reason that I broke up. I broke up with my girlfriend at the time, not because she was ugly, but because she wasn't a member. And I thought, you know what? God's going to bless me with some hot Mormon chick that I'm going to meet next week. And we're going to get married in two weeks after that. So yeah, the mission made me straighter, I guess. What a douche. Yeah. You don't sound cool. (laughs) I wasn't cool. I was very uncool after my mission. (laughs) <laughs> I can vouch for that. I can vouch for that. Of, of de-douching myself. Oh. Well, I, I can tell you about that. I will say, I did end up with a super hot wife, so. That's that true. Oh, obviously, only because you had a you were a good missionary and obeyed all the rules. And I'm single, no wife. So, there's that. All right. Well, I think we have our theme here. I think uh, it's about blessings and uh, yeah. Okay. I think uh, I, I, I don't, in, I guess we name, can just like exit music. Can we end it in this? In the name of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, amen. Can we say it in unison? In unison? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. One, two, three. In the, in the name, name of, of Jesus Christ, Christ of Latter-day Saints. No, this, this was awful. Yeah, you gotta we go quicker than that, guys. What is this? <laughs> okay. One, two, three. In, in the, the name, name of Jesus Christ, Christ of Latter-day, Latter-day Saints. Saints. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I feel like you always imitate me. I even put I'm my like... hand up in a RuPaul position <laughs> to channel my Andrew. <laughs> Chandler, that was the biggest queen. compliment you ever told me. You basically called me RuPaul, and I don't think I'm worthy, but I'm like so honored that you even put us in the same sentence. You're welcome. All right, that's a wrap. This conversation was the experiment that inspired us to actually make the podcast, and more importantly, to buy microphones and equipment. Follow us on Instagram at Mormon Raised Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and like a good Mormon missionary, tell all your friends. Thanks. The music in this episode is Anthem for the Good Life by Young Presidents, courtesy Shutterstock Inc.